Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tom Gazzola. You can catch me hosting the Oilers pre- and post-game show on TSN 1260, Edmonton Sports Leader. You can also see me on NHL Network, providing coverage and analysis of the Oilers. And you can also see me filling in for TSN's Ryan Rashog in Edmonton as well. It's been an interesting week. The Oilers start the year 1-0 with a big 3-2 victory over the Vancouver Canucks. And after that game, it was revealed on Thursday that Adam Larson will miss six to eight weeks with a broken right fibula. Now, we will hear from head coach Dave Tippett in regard to what to expect from the defense, how they plan on going forward with this group, missing a huge chunk of their shutdown pairing. Larson, of course, playing with Darnell Nurse, eating up big minutes, playing against other teams' top units up front. The Oilers have obviously gone through this type of situation before. You can recall last season when Oscar Kleffbaum and Chris Russell both went down in the same game in December against the Colorado Avalanche, and that's when the house of cards came crumbling down for the Oilers. It was a year of peaks and valleys in Edmonton, and that was certainly a deep valley after those injuries to those key defensemen. We'll also hear from Matt Benning, who was paired up with Chris Russell on Wednesday night against the Vancouver Canucks. He gives his take on what to expect from the defense core, how they approach this scenario, some tweaks to the way the team is playing compared to last year. I know it's early, but it seemed like the Oilers played with some common poise. I've mentioned that before on this program. And Matt Benning addresses that. He also touches on facing his old head coach. Yes, Todd McClellan at the helm of the Los Angeles Kings, making his return to Edmonton after being relieved of his duties 20 games into the season last year. At that time, you may recall the Oilers were 9-10-1. They were on the road in San Jose. He flew with the team to San Jose. And the next day, which was a game day, Peter Shirelli announced that the Oilers had relieved Todd McClellan of his duties. Uh, Begrudgingly, McClellan flew back to Edmonton, and that was that. It was the Ken Hitchcock era in Edmonton. Now, if you're curious to know more about how things kind of played out, where McClellan's at in his headspace, Mark Spector from Sportsnet had a great Q&A with McClellan on sportsnet.ca asking about how everything went down with the Oilers, what he thought of the way he was dismissed, what he was most proud of as bench boss of the Edmonton Oilers, some things that he didn't like about being the Oilers head coach, the difference of being the head coach of the LA Kings as opposed to the Edmonton Oilers in a Canadian city that's a hockey hotbed, whereas LA, I mean... Hockey players, coaches, management can fly under the radar there. So McClellan is a very thoughtful, well-spoken man. He shares his opinions and thoughts with Mark Spector on sportsnet.ca. You can check that Q&A out. I highly recommend it. My time dealing with Todd McClellan, I have to say, really good. I was there for all four years. McClellan was at the helm of the club. Generally, he was really good to me. And being the team reporter, obviously, there's an understanding. There's some give and take. You don't want to push the pedal to the metal too hard. You don't want to needle the coaches. You don't want to needle management. You want to ask good questions. You want to get good answers. And I have to say, McClellan's a guy that's very respectful and understanding of the scenario and the unique situation being the team reporter hired by the team is. So didn't always stay in his good books. I recall one time in Washington, 
It was a high stress time for the club. It was the 17-18 season and the team didn't get off to a great start. It was a trip through all three New York cities, similar to the one coming up for the club, and then it wrapped up in Washington as opposed to Chicago, like the one coming up. And the rumor was if the trip didn't go well, the assistant coaches, Jim Johnson, Jay Woodcroft, Ian Herbers at the time, were on the hot seat and they potentially could be let go. Now, thankfully, the Oilers finished 2-1-1 and on that trip. They lost one nothing or 2-1 in a shootout in Washington to wrap it up. And I remember when you're there, there's not a lot of media that travels with the club. There was us from Oilers TV. Jim Matheson from Post Media was there. I believe maybe one of the writers from The Sun was also there here in Edmonton. Uh, the Edmonton Sun, of course. And then there is the hometown media. A lot of times, though, they'll send interns especially when it's a visiting team that, you know, an American city doesn't have a ton of interest in. And truth be told, regardless of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and whatever else the Oilers bring to the table in terms of firepower offensively and young, fantastic hockey talent, uh, Canadian teams are not a sexy sell for the most part, especially ones that American markets don't know a ton about. Anyway, so I had to start off this scrum. They lost in overtime. It was a close game against a very strong Washington team. Obviously, the Capitals went on to win the Stanley Cup that season. And I just threw out the first question to McClellan. I believe I said something, Todd, you know, you come out of here with a point, wrap up this trip okay. What did you think of the way your team played today? And he was actually pretty mad about the result of that game. And he gave me an okay answer. But I could see in his eyes he was downright pissed off. He was seeing red. And I guess he went back into the coach's room after the scrum was finished and tore a strip off of me to the assistant coaches and the PR staff MF'd me all up and down for a couple minutes. And, and listen, being with the team all the time, you know, you're stuck at the hip with them. And I could see that, you know, that could happen from time to time. It's just part of the deal. And you're supposed to be able to have thick skin and deal with it as a member of the media. Coaching staff, obviously, the same thing. But you need to blow off some steam sometimes. And uh, at the time, Oilers PR man J.J. Bear texted me on the bus ride back because there's a media bus and a team bus and said, hey, man, maybe uh, tee up your questions a little bit differently, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily agree with JJ's comments, and I'll stand by that today. And he said, Todd's really mad at you. And I said, well, let me talk to him. And he goes, no, no, don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. Just let him be mad. It'll be water under the bridge. Well, that's not how I like to handle things. If there's an issue, I like to confront it, talk face-to-face, and hammer out anything that needs to be hammered out, get it done with. We stayed in Washington that night. The next morning waiting for the bus to pick us up, take us to the airport to fly back to Edmonton. I saw Todd McClellan sitting in the lobby by himself. So I just went up to him and I said, hey, listen, Todd, I could tell you were pissed off yesterday and I want to apologize if I was the one to set you off and push the wrong button because I heard you weren't too happy with me. And he goes, you know what, Tom? I just needed to get mad at somebody and you were the first person to ask the question and nobody else wants to ask a question. You're just doing your job. 
but uh, I needed to blow some steam off, and I did. And uh, we are good. You and I are good going forward. I just want you to know that. And I said, well, good, because I wanted to talk to you about it because, uh, you know, JJ told me not to talk to you. He goes, no, no, this is better. We get it out of the way. We hash it out. You and I are good. Going forward, just take me somewhere with your questions, and we're all good. Don't worry. I get how hard it is from your end. You know how tough it is from my end. You and I, Tom, we're just fine. And that's the kind of guy that Todd McClellan is. So you can have those honest conversations with him. And I certainly appreciated his time as a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Great to deal with. A true pro. I didn't play for him. So, you know, you might get some players telling you different stories. But dealing with him day to day as a member of the media, uh, I have nothing but respect for what Todd McClellan brings to the table as a professional day in and day out. I wish him nothing but the best with the LA Kings. So if you really want to get a bit of a deeper dive into McClellan's mindset and his new role with the LA Kings, go to sportsnet.ca and check out Mark Spector's Q&A with the Kings' new bench boss. Time now to go inside the Oilers' locker room and hear from Oilers' head coach Dave Tippett as he gets set for life without Adam Larson for what could be two months. So we saw some combinations uh, today. Is, do you expect that's how it's going to look for the game tomorrow, or where are we at with? Don't don't know yet. Depending on Pearson. Pearson's going to meet with the doctors. He had a good practice today. We'll meet with the doctors and see where he's at. But there'll be uh, there'll be some follow up later this afternoon, depending on how that falls out. And is Ethan Bear an option for tomorrow? Yeah. If depending on how it shakes out. Would you always go lefty, righty? Like, is that the number one preference, or could you even put two righties, two lefties? Who answered my question for me, depending on how it works out. I'm depending on the information I'm going to get as we go here this afternoon. That will depend on whether we're right or left. Preferably, that would be the way I am, but we might not have that option. Dave, your, your penalty kill, it's only one game, but there's a few things I noticed. You do a box in the neutral zone at times now, really trying to limit them on, on zone entries. And then what did, you, what did you like best about your penalty kills as far as how they uh, stood up inside the blue line? First of all, you're saying if we're a box? That happens on occasion on a certain certain play coming in, but we're not always a box there. So it looks like that sometimes that's not the way it is. I like the way our guy, I like our scheme. I like the mindset of our guys killing penalties. They're, uh, we want to be aggressive at the right time, making sure we got numbers at the right places. Uh, Face-offs, we have a plan. There's a lot of, we put a lot of work into the penalty kill. And I thought it was pretty good the other night. The, the one that they got right after a Penalty expired. A guy wasn't on yet, but the combination of the guy not on the ice and Connor trying to find his helmet is that was. Uh, but we gave up some chances more from the outside on some deflections uh, the other night. But not bad. It was a good start. We'll keep working on it. One quick follow-up to that helmet rule. I I know obviously it didn't go your way the first time, but it seemed that it was a little bit overreaction because a lot of players have never really been hurt not wearing their helmet. It's, it is, it's been in Europe for a while, so it, it is what it is. It's to protect the players, and uh, it's further further protecting the players, which is good for the players. So you can't argue with it. It is what it is, and it's everybody has it the same, and unfortunately it bit us early, and you get frustrated by it, but it's the rules. Just live with it. 
Uh, McDavid and Drysaddle together, at least at practice today. When you're deciding on deploying them together or apart, how much is, of it is based on who you're about to face versus just what you think you might get out of them? All of the above. We have a game plan going in. Could go two shifts tomorrow and flip it back. So it's giving ourselves the best chance to win. Let's see what, and you're going to see in games. There's going to be tinkering as it's when you have players like that. You try to find times when you can get advantages and find times to make sure that we're solid in other areas. And both those players can help out other parts of our lineup as well as help each other. When you start them apart, you leave yourself the option to throw them together. It's like a tool you kind of have. Do you, do you like that? And maybe yeah. why starting them apart can make sense. Yeah, I like all of it. I like starting them together. If they take off and just, if they take off and are just unbelievable start of the game, I like them together. If they're apart and we can find some matchups we like and we can support other people, I like that too. So how do you know which way to go? Whatever's the best way for us to win. It's every game is you get a feel, and it's going to be that way. All if you just say, okay, these guys are together. Here you go. It doesn't work that way. You have you have players that are top players, but you also have their players that can help other players, and other players can help them. So it's different times, different things arise during the game where you. That's coaching. You got to find a spot to feel like you can get advantages or take advantages the other team has away. We saw Todd McClellan in your shoes for three and a quarter seasons. So I'll ask you this. What's a Todd McClellan team like to coach against? Uh, I mean, they're, they're always well prepared. I mean, I work with Todd at the World Cup and know Todd pretty well. So they're going to be well prepared. He'll, they'll be, the Kings will be, uh, they'll be an energized team. Just like any team that has a new coach, there's lots of lots of enthusiasm at the start, lots of anxious to get going. So that's what I expect from them. I mean, you would have got to know each other just from being in the coaching fraternity. Mm -hmm. did, did you have any ever talk to him? There, were there any conversations over the summer about being the coach of the Edmonton Oilers? Yeah, yeah, we touched base a couple times. Did he tell you anything interesting that you'd be willing to share? No. Dave, uh, just going back to the Larson injury, you've been in this game a long time, especially during the playoffs. You've probably seen some gruesome injuries and players playing through that. Is, one, is that one of the tougher injuries you've seen a player kind of go through during a game? Yeah, injuries, people go through a lot, and people handle, handle injuries different ways. I was always of the thought process of adrenaline is the best painkiller you could ever have. But that being said, you got a guy that's, it's not just uh, like I, I don't know, I crack bones on my feet quite a bit, and you can get through that. When it's on that weight-bearing bone on the side of your leg, that's you got you're gritting your teeth every time you're out there. And I mean, he played. That happened when it happened five minutes ago in the first period, or whatever, and or three minutes ago in the first period, and finally you just couldn't. Like two minutes left to go, he's still out there trying to block shots. So shows what kind of competitor he is, and. He's, uh, I talked to him this morning a little bit. He's in good spirits, but said he doesn't, it doesn't hurt as long as he doesn't put weight on it. So that's, that's what it is. With Pearson, if he can play, he's, you know, he's missed a little bit of time to injury. Uh, he doesn't have the NHL experience. Do you have to kind of manage his minutes and how you deploy him? Yeah, well, if he's, uh, we'll see how it goes there.
see how it goes. You know, he's he had a the start to training camp was pretty good for him, but that was training camp. And uh, but he's worked hard to get himself back here today. He had a good practice today, so we'll just see where it goes. But he's a he's a young player. He's not a young wouldn't say young player. He's an inexperienced player in the NHL, but he's a smart player. So we'll see where that gets us. Dave, following up to that, you know that Chris Russell can play his offside. If you want him with Nurse, is there a righty that you feel comfortable out of Benning, Bear, or Pearson that could play the left side? No. Russell is the guy that has some experience over there, so we recognize that. And Rusty, he's a competitor, but I don't see any of those left guys going, or any of the right guys going over to the left. Uh, sticking with this defensive topic that you seem to be enjoying, I, I'm just curious if, if uh, what are the challenges of, of having potentially two rookie defensemen on the right side uh, in your lineup? How do you how do you kind of work those guys in and not put them no, in a situation? No challenge. If they're good players and they can play, they're good players. I mean, they're they're. I look at Ethan Bear. He's he's inexperienced in the NHL to an extent, but he's still got enough time here. Where he understands what how to play and exhibition season is very good he was very good in game one too really good really solid so um yeah I have, I have no worries about him at all Pearson he's you know he's new to the new to the NHL we'll have to see that the way that goes like I say he had a good start but you you manage it's but it's managing your whole group you know it's no it's no different than managing players on the on forward lines you're the game goes and there's a feel. Jimmy Playfair will have a feel for the D who thinks can get jo jobs done at certain times. And where the face-offs are to start with, the matchups you're getting, there's lots of things that come into play with it. So do you, uh, do you manage them? Yeah, but you manage all your players, you know, because just like your top players, you want to get out against certain people, you have young guys that you want to manage them against certain people also. So it's that's part of the game, but there is... From your perspective, I understand what you're saying. You got two rookies, but I look at Bear as he's more experienced than a rookie just starting the starting the year. Does he likely get a look with Nurse if if you got to bump someone up? Depends how everything else plays out. Yeah, there's the Pearson factor is a factor of where everything falls into place. That was Oilers head coach Dave Tippett following practice today at Ice District. If you didn't catch it, Oilers recall Ethan Bear and William Lagason and send Evan Bouchard back down to Bakersfield. This is how the Oilers skated today at practice. Leon Dreisaitl with Connor McDavid and Zach Cassian. Ryan Nugent Hopkins between Joachim Nygaard on the left, James Neal on the right. Jujar Kera skating at center with Alex Chason on his left and Josh Archibald on the right, so an interesting tweak there. Colby Cave down the middle with Marcus Granlin to his left and Gaetan Haas on the right. The extra skaters for the Oilers out forward. Tomas Yurcho who underwent a procedure that kept him out of the season opener the other night. And Patrick Russell was the other extra. On defense, Darnell Nurse was with Chris Russell. Oscar Clefbaum with Joel Pearson. Brandon Manning skated with Matt Benning. Ethan Bear was not on the ice because he technically had not been recalled at that point. So you can't skate with the team. And William Lagason has also been recalled. So if we're looking at those pairings, expect Nurse and Russell to go. Clefbaum will likely be with Ethan Bear. 
He got praise from the coach, as you heard. Bear had a good game. The coach saying he doesn't necessarily consider him a rookie because he's played a couple of years in the AHL. Had a look with the Oilers a couple seasons ago. Brandon Manning will likely be replaced on Saturday by William Legison, who again was just called up. By the way... Mike Smith had a very strong performance in the win against Vancouver, stopping 31 of 33 shots. He again was in the quote-unquote starters net at practice. Back into the Oilers locker room we go. I had a chance to go one-on-one with defenseman Matt Benning this morning. 1-0 uh, to start the season, obviously the start you guys want, but it came at a cost. Just what does Adam Larson mean to the core, and, and how do you guys see this situation, how you want to get out of it okay in the next you know, two months, if you will? Yeah, I mean, it's obvious he logs a lot of minutes for us, and what a lot of people don't realize is he brings a lot in the dressing room. I mean, he's a leader. Um, does a lot for us off the ice, so he'll be missed for sure. Um, but I mean, we we got we got some we got some depth back there, I think, and, and there's some guys that uh, are gonna have to step up and play a little bit more minutes, and that's fine. I think that there's guys back there that can do it. Uh, Rusty's uh, Rusty's played played the game a lot and, and has played first pair, second pair, third pair. So uh, for for guys stepping up, it might just be a few extra minutes. Uh, I mean, Darnell's probably gonna continue to log a lot of minutes and, and be a be a horse for us back there. How comfortable are you logging more minutes? I know you want more responsibility as you, you know, make your way through your career in this league. Uh, just how comfortable would you be taking on more of a prominent role? Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to, 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 to play a bigger role and, and, and feel like they're more, uh, they, they impact the team more, right? So, um, I mean, I, I'm, I, I want to earn that opportunity. Um, um, just by playing well, continuing to play well, uh, just be steady and solid and and, uh, and that sort of thing. I mean, there's a few little things I'd like to clean up a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to play play hard, play well, and make it hard on the coaches and, and hopefully uh, get that opportunity. Players usually his own worst critic. What do you look at in terms of areas of improvement from yourself? Yeah, I think that's just cleaning up on the breakouts and that sort of thing. I mean, it's early in... And guys have their legs, and they're they're excited. It's first, second game of the season, uh, so they're coming quick. But uh, just just cleaning up a little bit of the breakouts, um, just sharpening up my my uh, decision making on when to make a pass or try to make a play versus to just get the puck out and that sort of thing. And, and finding that line, I think I'm close. It's just a little bit more fine-tuning. When Chris Russell and Oscar Kleffbaum went down in the same game last season, that was a tough situation for the team. Do you feel this group, being a year older, a year more experienced, uh, maybe with a new coaching staff, different style of play a little bit, can handle that situation and, and fill that void a little easier than maybe the way things went last year? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, last game we played a little bit more D-zone than we probably wanted to, but I think that we're playing more as a team now. We have we have forwards coming back and helping us defense and out. And, and when a guy goes down or even two guys go down, there's going to be guys that are going to be playing tired and logging extra minutes and that sort of thing. So we're going to have to lean on the forwards a lot more. Um, having Smitty back there making making uh, breakout passes for us definitely helps a lot. Uh, he's, he's, he's great back there, so... Uh, Guys, guys will, will fill in that spot. Matt, if I suggested to you that, I know it's just one game, small sample size, but it looked like you guys played with more poise, calmness, especially in the defensive zone, even though at times you, know, you get hemmed in, that happens. Is that fair to say? And if so, does that come from what the coaches are instilling, or is it maybe maturity within the group? Yeah, I think it's probably both. I think that 
Um, we have confidence that uh, if, if, we, if we make a mistake, and I mean, mistakes will happen, otherwise the games would be 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, but if we make a mistake, that our forwards are going to be there to back us up, and, and our D partners are going to be there to back us up. So we know that the support system is, is close, and uh, that I think that's where some of the calmness and confidence comes from, is that if, if, we, if we do make a mistake, there's somebody there to back us up. You have your old coach coming in tomorrow with the LA Kings. I'm sure he's going to want to come in here and, and pull out a win, but you guys want to get out of here with a 2-0 start before you hit the road. Just what do you think it's going to be like playing against your own coach, and then what do you guys got to do to be successful tomorrow? Yeah, there's, uh, there's motivation for him there for sure. Um, I mean, I don't think we can... We have to worry about them. We just got to worry about us. Um, worried about defending a little bit quicker and, and moving pucks up. I thought that uh, we defended well, but I think we defended too much last game, and, and they had some some ozone time and made us a little bit tired. So um, just just defending quick and getting that puck up the ice and playing in their zone. Thanks for the time, as always. Thank you. Thanks, man. So there you have it, Matt Benning getting set to take on his former coach Todd McClellan and the Los Angeles Kings visit Rogers Place on Saturday night. The Kings, the only team that finished below the Oilers in the Western Conference last season. Edmonton, of course, finishing with a 35-38-9 record, good for 79 points. Los Angeles finished with a 31-42-9 record, 71 points. They did do some tinkering to their lineup, and they did bring in Todd McClellan as head coach. It'll be his first visit back to Edmonton since being let go by the club on November 20th, 2018. Should be interesting to see how that one plays out. The Oilers looking to make it 2-0. The Kings have yet to play a single game this season, so it's their season opener. We will get you up to speed on everything and anything Oilers on Monday as the club gets set to hit the road for four straight. That road trip, of course, going through the New York area with the Islanders on Tuesday, New Jersey Devils on Thursday, a Saturday morning start mountain time, 11 a.m. mountain time against the New York Rangers, and then that trip wraps up on Monday, 6.30 p.m. mountain at Chicago before the Oilers come back for two in a row. That is it for Locked on Oilers this week. We hope you enjoyed the first week of this podcast. Look forward to getting back after it again on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good one.